G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Often when we take our opportunity on a Tuesday to get an update on Israel and the Middle East, Ron Ross usually brings us the breaking news headlines from overnight. In one sense, it's almost uh, this week as though Israel and the Middle East is coming to Australia. And let's get some update on things that are happening. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Well, Ron, the exciting thing, I guess, for a lot of people is that this is the very first historic visit of Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, coming to Australia. He's arriving on our shores tomorrow. A lot of excitement for some, saying, isn't this a good thing that cements good relations between Israel and Australia? But not everybody's happy. Uh, The Jerusalem Post has some headlines uh, that suggest there's no love lost for Benjamin Netanyahu in Australia. Yeah, it was a sad headline to read, it's, and they've kept it up for a couple of days. Uh, it's an important visit to Australia. It's the 100th anniversary year of the Battle of Bathsheba, in which Australia and New Zealand Light Horse Regiment triumphed over Turkish troops, and that paved the way for a British victory that meant the end of the Ottoman rule, and more important, uh, the uh, establishment of a Jewish and Israeli standpoint which enabled the approval and transmission of what has become known as the Balfour Declaration. And all that is background to this visit. Uh, And Australian and British media reports indicate, uh, sadly, that protest demonstrations against Netanyahu have been planned for Sydney, Melbourne and Canberra. And in addition to that, the uh, Jerusalem Post is disappointed 60 prominent Australian business and religious leaders, jurists, academics, entertainers and former politicians have issued a statement in which they express opposition to Netanyahu's visits on the ground of his policies which provoke, intimidate and oppress the Palestinian people. Uh, It was sad to see that, but then I saw from David Sharma, Australia's ambassador to Israel, He did an interview with the Post, and he called the visit to Australia massively significant and historic. Sharma said there's a great deal on the agenda from peace and security issues in the Middle East to the fight against Islamic State, which Australia, of course, is heavily involved in, and the future of Syria. Sharma pointed out that since World War I through World War II, the first and second Iraq wars, Afghanistan and the campaign against Islamic State, Australian soldiers have long fought in the Middle East. Today, he said, it is the second largest foreign contributor to the fight against Islamic State, with some 400 Australian troops training and mentoring in Iraq and a significant air attachment flying missions against Islamic State targets. In addition, an Australian general will soon take over command of the multinational force and observers in Sinai, where Australia has a contingent of 25 soldiers. 
So he was suggesting that the relationship between our government and Netanyahu's government is extremely strategical and important. Well, significant, and uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on how the reporting of the visit goes, because with all of the historic and good things about the relationship between Israel and Australia, it'll be interesting to see if the controversies over the two-state solution ideas and the recent meeting with Donald Trump will in fact uh, overshadow, by way of controversy, some of those really important other headlines uh, that are historic. Uh, Let's move on. Let's talk about Egypt for a few moments. Uh, Islamic State uh, threatening to wipe out Egypt's Coptic Orthodox Christians. How do the headlines look, Ron? Well, they've released a propaganda video vowing to wipe out Egypt's Coptic Christians and, in their words, liberate Cairo. The video also purports to show the last statement of the suicide bomber responsible for the 11th of December attack on a church in Cairo, which killed at least 28 people, mostly women and children. The man is identified as Abu Abdallah al-Mazri, thought to be the nom de guerre of 22-year-old student Mahmoud Shafiq, whom President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi has already identified as the culprit. To my brothers in captivity, rejoice, you believers. Do not falter or grieve. I swear to God, we will very soon liberate Cairo and free you from captivity. We will come bearing explosives. I swear we will. So rejoice, you believers, the man said in the propaganda video. Mm. Let's talk about the UN Security Council. Nikki Haley, the new US UN ambassador, has been labelled Haley's Comet after her first Security Council meeting. Yes, she held a press briefing straight after attending the Security Council monthly meeting, which she called a bit strange. The Security Council, she said, is supposed to discuss how to maintain international peace and security. But the meeting was not about Hezbollah's illegal build-up of rockets in Lebanon. It was not about the money and weapons Iran provides to terrorists. It was not how we defeat ISIS. It was not how we hold Bashar al-Assad accountable for the slaughter of thousands of uh, Syrian civilians. No, she said. Instead, the meeting focused on criticizing Israel, the one true democracy in the Middle East. She said, I'm new around here, but I understand that's how the council has operated month after month for decades. I'm here to say the United States will not turn a blind eye to this anymore. I'm here to underscore to the ironclad support of the United States for Israel. I'm here to emphasize that the United States is determined to stand up to the United Nations anti-Israel bias. And so it went on, and if you can Google it, it's well worth the read. Hey Ron, let's talk about some of the controversy that has been so widely reported in the media when we talk about one-state, two-state solutions, uh, settlements in the West Bank and uh, East Jerusalem, those sorts of issues. Uh, there are some developments. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and the US President Donald Trump, they've agreed to create a Judea-Samaria team. Uh, what's the headline? Yeah, I think this whole one-state, two-state thing is out of all proportion. What Donald Trump actually said when he was meeting with Netanyahu in Washington 
was he's going to agree to whatever Israel and the Palestinians decide to negotiate on. Uh, he was not going to issue any clear instructions of what the Americans wanted, but he was going to approve what was decided between Israel and the Palestinians. He also, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, when he arrived back in Israel, has been giving a breakdown of behind-the-scenes information uh, that took place between the two. And you can be sure there is going to be a lot more uh, closer collaboration between the United States and Israel in the future. Netanyahu said, we agreed to create joint teams to upgrade relations between Israel and the U.S. in all of the main areas. He listed security, intelligence, cyber, technology, economics, and many others. He said, we also have agreed to create a team in an area that we've not previously agreed on. I mean, of course, on settlements in Judea and Samaria. And uh, we'll see how that develops. There's a development, too, in the nation of Greece, where Arab, Jewish, Israeli youth leaders are going to be teaching Syrian children. What's the story there? What a wonderful story this is. Uh, Educators and counsellors from Jewish-Israeli youth movement Hashemir Hatzia and the Arab-Israeli youth movement Ayal soon will embark on a joint voluntary mission to set up a community centre and school for children who arrived on the Greek island of Lesbos in the refugee crisis. The first delegation of two from each movement, plus their coordinator, left yesterday. Members and leaders of the two youth movements have been periodically for almost a decade helping uh, the refugees. Uh, They're raising more funds to extend their time over there uh, by another six months. And Ron, another good news story, 16 deaf Palestinian children get to hear for the very first time. Yes, at Hadassah Ein Karim Hospital, 16 deaf Palestinian children underwent cochlear implant surgery. Following these procedures, the children could hear for the first time in their lives. Six of the children were operated on last month, one after the other, in an intensive marathon-style implant operation. Cochlear implant surgery is quite common in the Western world, but it is not appropriately accessible for struggling populations in developing regions. And so the Israelis have stepped in there and uh, done a wonderful job. Well, Ron Ross, as always, your insights and the gleaning of those headlines, breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East, always first class, always right on the money. And uh, great to hear from you again. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.